0: All right, 318 here on the Blitz 1170. What's up? It's the show. My name is Jeremy Poplin. That is Colby Daniels. Scott File alongside and Dion Amade hanging out in studio on a Friday in which we pay homage to the great Carl Weathers who left us today after just celebrating a birthday a few days ago. Yeah, just so the other day. Apollo Creed, Action Jackson uh, no longer with and for us. for the longest time, I didn't know he played in the NFL. Uh, indeed he did. Let's hit a Raider, right? He was a Raider. Uh, Yes, Let's set up the hotline and welcome in John Harris, who's joining us now. You might know John from his previous appearances here on the program. Uh, Houston Texans, HoustonTexans.com is where a lot of his work is, and also the owner of FootballTakeover.com, who's been hanging out at the Senior Bowl all week. What's up, J.H.? How are you doing, buddy? Good to have you back on.
1: Man, I'm doing great. I was so excited to be on, and then I heard that you guys are the home of the Dallas Cowboys, and I wanted to throw up.
0: Well, wait a minute, man. I'm a Niner fan, so how do how do you think I feel about that?
1: <laughs> no, I, listen, I'm kidding. I know I know how this business goes, man, and I'm sure you guys have got a, a, a million Cowboys fans, and yeah, you got to be jacked about uh, this opportunity against the Chiefs. I mean, I know it's Patrick Mahomes, and uh, you know he's kind of reaching Jordan status for those that remember Michael Jordan, like. You don't even know what he's do. Like, he doesn't score 50, but, you know, he can if he needs to. I mean, it's just Mahomes has reached such a status, man. It's unbelievable. And to watch him, you know, I'm lucky. I get a chance to see all these quarterbacks up close. And I'm telling you, I've seen that guy do things that – I, I was standing in the end zone. We played him in 22 at NRG. I was standing in the end zone because they were backed up. And he makes a throw – To his right, like falling down, about 35 yards downfield, he's almost parallel to the ground, and he hits Kelsey for a long game to get out of the shadow there on goalposts. And I just, I just said to Mark Vandermeer the play-by-play voice to the Texans, I I just was like, "Are you effing kidding me? Did he just do that? (laughs) Like he does things that you know these these freakazoids, you know, in the NFL, like none of them can do. And I know he's so difficult to stop. So the Niners got their hands full, but. Um, I'll be rooting for the Niners because the Niners uh, did a great job in cultivating my man D'Amico Ryan uh, to become our head coach. So uh, I'm really excited about the Niners going and getting a win over the Chiefs.
0: So let's keep with what you saw this year before we talk Senior Bowl. Um, CJ's incredible year. Uh, Just a a year that, uh, John, I mean, I I think I got in touch with you at one point and was like, man, you got to be just living on cloud nine right now, just enjoying this team and covering them. Uh, almost playing with house money in a way uh, with the resurgence of the Texans. But how special was it to watch CJ turn into the type of rookie that he did?
1: Yeah, it was incredible, really. Um, you know, watching him, I'll never forget the first week of OTAs, I could just, I have this image. Like, I'm closing my eyes right now and I could see it. And he's got his hands over his ears and he's trying to get the play call from Bobby Slowick from the, the coach comp system. He's trying to relay that to the guys in the huddle and it's taking forever and they have to stop practice. It's just a mess. I mean, you know, he's doing the best he can, but it's the first time he's ever done it. They go to the second week of OTAs. It's the second week he's been in Houston. And it's night and day different. And he throws two dimes. He threw a corner route to Nico Collins. And he threw a dig route to Nico. And I hit Mark and I went, whoa. Like, that's different. And One of the things I realized, and I realized this at the Senior Bowl, too, how special CJ is. In the NFL, you know, people talk about it. You know, there's there's a difference between being open in college and being open in the NFL. And that window is very small in the NFL. And there will be quarterbacks that turn it down. Like, nope, nope, I don't feel comfortable with that. CJ threw to NFL open receivers all year. Like, if you had six inches, he put it on you. It didn't matter. Um, If you had a foot, he put it on you. Um, he can make every throw, and just watching him mature each and every week was—it
2: was unbelievable.
1: Um, and we got to the Tampa Bay game, and that's when we all started looking around, going, "Hey, wait a second—we might have more than just a really good rookie quarterback. We might have one of the best in the league." He goes for 470 against Tampa Bay. He's got 46 seconds left in one timeout. He takes 75 yards in 30 seconds. Hits Tank Dell for two dimes, um, and puts us up 39 37 we ended up winning the game and i just remember afterwards i was in the locker room and i I just kind of looked at him like i can't believe you're on my team (laughs) you're on my team i get to cover you and watch you play And look it wasn't perfect you know the jets you know gave him the business up in new york that defense was really good you know and the ravens frustrated him a little bit in our playoff game but man to be a rookie and and to do the things that he did um and do it with a smile on his face and to be the leader that he is you know he's He's such a genuinely nice young man. But you get him on the field, and he is a staunch competitor. Um, And the the Broncos found that out. They started messing with him. And he told them during the game, he's like, I'm staying on business. And everybody in this town has his back. And I don't know that I've seen an athlete come into the city of Houston and have that kind of impact wherever he goes. It's the loudest ovation. They had the Houston Sports Awards the other night, and every time they said his name, he was up for like two or three awards. The place went berserk. I mean, it just went nuts. Um, And when he's introduced now at Energy Stadium, he's the last one to come out of the tunnel. I mean, the place just goes crazy. Um, And I think the people in Houston are very – it's not like, well, you know, we'll just get a quarterback every few years. And we had Deshaun, and now we got – like, no, 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 no. They realize how special this guy is uh, and what he can mean uh, for the Texans going forward.
2: I've got to ask about Slowick, because it seemed like he was a slam dunk at one point to become a head coach, and him sticking around has got to be massive. Was that a huge surprise?
1: Uh, yes and no. I, I had kind of told people in the building, I kind of felt like, it is just my gut, that, that Bobby would have wanted a second year, kind of like Ben Johnson uh, from Detroit. You know, Ben ended up going back for a second year in Detroit. Now I was shocked he went back for his third year, but then again, he could pick his job, and I think that's one of the things you know, D'Amico Ryan said about Bobby. You know, he's asking what advice do you have for Bobby, and he said, "Be selective." And I think that's huge in the NFL. I mean, you look at look what happened to Frank Reich. He goes from dealing with Jim Ursay to go dealing with David Tepper. I'm not saying if Frank could have picked, he was not in Ben Johnson's position where he could pick and choose a job. But it's probably one of those that Frank is like, you know what? Maybe I'll go be somebody's OC. I don't want to get in that. I don't want to get in that mess. So. You know, you got to get in the right situation. And and I know Houston, for a while, didn't look like a great situation because of all that was going on. But they got some people out of the building. The people that were, you know, toxic in the building got them out. They got D'Amico in. He believes in positivity, good vibes. But you play hard. You play physical. Um, And put the players around him. It was as enjoyable a year this year as there's ever been. And I think Bobby felt that. And I also feel like Bobby probably feels like, hey, one more year. I'm going to stick around one more year. So it was a little bit of foul money in our pocket because I I thought maybe there was a chance that he would go the right position. You know, he'd been with Washington with all those great coaches, you know, uh, back in the the early 2010. I thought maybe he'd want to go back there, but I'm glad he's staying. I know CJ's got to be glad. Uh, Gerard Johnson, our quarterback's coach, is staying as well. He was up for a lot of O.C. jobs. So they're keeping kind of the band together, and I think that's good because – When they get to OTAs, instead of, hey, we're putting in a whole new offense with a rookie coordinator, a rookie quarterback coach, and a rookie quarterback, they can hit the ground running and say, hey, remember when we did this again week seven last year? That's how we're doing this. Okay, let's go. And they're going to be so much further ahead offensively. We just got to add a few more pieces. We need some running game, um, and we probably need another offensive weapon to go with uh, Tank Dell and Nico Collins. Once we do that, it'll be very difficult to stop on the offensive side. But I'm glad Bobby's back uh genuinely good dude, a biomedical engineer. I thought I was smart. I was a civil engineer. He's a biomedical engineer. Like that's freaky. And he's an offensive coordinator.
0: It's scary that he's actually got something else other than football to fall back on, too. Knowing <laughs> no, how no, smart that, that guy yeah, is mean. like that. All right. Uh your time this week in Mobile. Um it, is everyone blowing smoke or is this maybe one of the more talented uh, rosters on both sides in the amount of depth that we have at the Senior Bowl than we've had in a while.
1: Yeah, I, I felt that way just looking at the rosters going in. You know, having done obviously you know advanced work on these guys and looking at the rosters. I kept waiting for the, the Shrine Bowl. Like, okay, which guy at the Shrine Bowl am I going to be really, really excited about? It's not as if I'm not excited about those guys, but it's like you know, last year they had Day Flowers, they had you Scruggs, who ended up uh, you know second round pick with us. And played very very well when he had to move the guard late in the season so i kept looking at east west like man wait a second all the dudes are ending up in mobile this is wild um and it, it ended up being that way it was i thought some of the best talent i've seen there in the aggregate uh, maybe maybe ever uh jim nagy did a heck of a job getting the commitments he got commitments from first round talent which i was like wow he got tyler guyton from out oklahoma he got Layatu Latu from UCLA, like, man, those guys, I think, um, Latu in particular, definitely first-rounder. I think Guyton's going to be a first-rounder, too. Um, his wide receiver group. Now, he didn't get the Keon Coleman's Roman the Marvin Harrison. You know, he didn't get those guys. But the guys he did get are right there in that glut from, like, 45 to 80, somewhere, you know, in the, where, where I'll have him in the Harris 100. I mean, Ricky Pearsall, Florida, Roman Wilson, Michigan, Lab McConkie, Georgia. You guys that can just walk, um, walk right in, but find a way as a rookie to go make an impact somewhere. Um, and last year, you know, Puka Nakua, you know, everybody thought, Oh, he came out of nowhere. I'm like, man, I watched him on day one, just cook everybody at the senior bowl. Like every quarterback was looking for him cause he'd get open. And all of a sudden day two, he's not there. Like, is he hurt? What's going on? Didn't show up. Didn't test great. In L.A. It's like, yeah, the same guy I saw at the senior bowl is the same guy with the LA Rams. So, these receivers can make a serious impact. I think, A, the, the talent Mobile is as good as it's been. B, I think the wide receiver talent overall in this draft is incredible. This is some of the, it's the deepest, most versatile group of pass catchers. If you need a pass catcher, and, and, and this is going to be interesting to watch. I know there's been a lot of talk here in Houston in particular about, oh, Mike Evans. Yo, Mike's from Galveston, which is like 45 minutes away you know, bring him back home, bring him back home. It's like you want to pay a lot of money to bring in, yes, a a veteran who could help your team, or you're already strong at the position with Tank and Nico, what if you get one of these rookies, and what if you get him in the second and third round, and that guy hits, man, you're on a rookie contract. So there's going to be, you know, some pretty interesting, I think, negotiations for T. Higgins, Mike Evans, Devin Duvernay, guys that are free agents, because this rookie crop is so good, I think some teams are like, nah, we'll just wait. We'll just wait and get one of these young guys because there's so many of them in this draft.
2: What were your thoughts on Tyler Guyton and, and uh, obviously the size and, and athleticism jump off the page?
1: Yeah, it's, it's incredible to stand. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to do it. I kind of stood about five feet away from Tyler and I just, you know, I kind of eyeballed him up and down like, God dang, arms for days. I mean, length that you want at the tackle position. Uh, movement skills, you know, extremely athletic. I mean, he gets, in a, gets in an athletic stance, and you can tell he's an athlete. Like, some offensive linemen, you watch him get in their stance, and it's like, I, yeah, he's not very athletic. You just tell about the stance. Tyler can move. I thought that day one was really good. Uh, I wrote about it um, in my observations, my Harris hits. com. go check it out. Tyler Guyton, I thought day one was great. Day two – he kind of got got a little bit. Uh, Darius Robinson from Missouri kind of gave him the business a little bit. Um, and I thought he struggled a little bit more uh, with a little bit, you know, a few of the twitchier guys. But I think overall he's got a little bit of technique to make up. Now, again, you guys know this. He didn't he didn't play a ton at Oklahoma. I mean, he started obviously this year. And he started, what, five or six games the year before. So he's still got a lot of football to play to really get comfortable but I think he can play right tackle tomorrow for a lot of teams with his athleticism, his ability to get pop off the ball in the run game. I was really impressed day one, you know, day two, you know, you never know what these guys, you know, they get banged up a little bit. Um, you know, is the, is the rust not completely kicked off, you know, where there's some bad matchups, um, you know, could they work through those things during the game? Probably. So I think Guyton's going to end up in the first round. I think it's a good tackle draft, really good. Up the top, you got Joe Alt, Notre Dame, you know, one guy. Um, you know, Fuaga from out of Oregon State. I know a lot of people love him. Guyton. Um, I think Fuaga's gonna go to a guard. I think Guyton's gonna stay at tackle, but I do think it's a pretty deep draft Blake Fisher, Notre Dame, at the tackle position. So there's gonna be a little bit of kind of choose your flavor. And there might be some teams saying, Well, look, we we want we need a tackle, but we gotta have left tackle. You know, can Tyler go over there to left tackle? I think he's got the athleticism to do it, but as tough as, as easy as it sounds, hey, you go from right to left. It, it's not that easy, especially for a young guy. You want to be comfortable from day one, and hopefully Tyler gets in a place that allows him to get comfortable from day one because he's going to turn into a whale of a player wherever he goes. We're talking to John Harris from HoustonTexans.com and also the owner of FootballTakeOver.com. John I'm reading a lot about Spencer Rattler and his performance over there in Mobile. There's a lot of talk about the quarterbacks not being overwhelming, but just because mainly the the practice structure. But what did you think about Spencer uh, out there? Yeah, hey, I don't know about the, the practice structure. I mean, you know, throw it to the open guy. And I mean, I think there are some times where, and I was talking to my buddy Lance Zerline, uh, we've been, We've been doing his draft stuff for a long time. He writes for NFL.com, and Lance and I were kind of watching Rattler. And and so he'd make a great throw. We hit each other like, he's got that club in his bag. I mean, you guys have seen that. He has got he can make every throw on a football field. And I'm telling you, the very next throw, he stares down a receiver, and the kid from Fresno State picks it off. It was one of the few interceptions in the team. And you're just like, God dang it. Like, he had – it just looked so good for so long. And then all of a sudden it's – a WTF throw, like, what the bleep is that? Like, what you doing? You know, and he he just has those kind of breakdowns. And, you know, I, I, you know, there's so much baggage, you know, dating back to his days in high school that I, you know, a team just, how confident are they going to be? And I was talking to an agent buddy of mine, and he came over and he goes, we kind of heard the conversation. He was like, but yeah, man, do you trust him? And I'm like, ah, you know, that's, that's one thing I learned with CJ this year is that a young quarterback coming in, you gotta you got to chip away at the trust factor. And CJ, because of the way he throws the ball, just his bravado, um, the way he goes about things, you know, he's not arrogant. He's willing to point the finger at himself and say, hey, I made the mistake. He was able to warm up to players and veterans really, really quickly. Then he went out and produced and showed that he was him, as they say, and everybody was like, okay, yeah, this guy's the guy. Spencer's not going to have that luxury, I don't think. I think he's going to have that, hey, man, we'll, we're not willing to trust you just yet. And it's going to be interesting to see where he ends up. But I thought, typical to his entire career, I walked down to see him on 7-on-7, and he throws a deep out route to Xavier Leggett from South Carolina, Guy's guy he's comfortable with and it's a rocket shot dime. That throw is 35 yards in the air, and he puts it on the one on the outside of Leggett's jersey, and you're like, yo, that's that's what he can do. And then he plays later, he throws that pick, and you're like, no, that's what he can do as well. And it's so frustrating because I've been kind of a guy that's in his corner. Like, I think he's a better guy than what people say. I think that he's not a bad guy. I just think it's really hard to trust him because he makes those mistakes during the game. But I'll say this for Spencer. I thought he got the absolute bejesus beat out of him this year at South Carolina. And he kept getting up, and he kept baking throws, and he kept getting up one play after the next. And that offensive line was atrocious. And you never heard him complain. You never heard him. You never saw him, you know, screaming at guys, spiking the ball. I think he did that earlier in his career. But he wasn't doing that South Carolina. So I give him credit for having – kind of rim the wave a little bit. He made South Carolina in twenty twenty two really good at the end of the year. But it's that inconsistency in all facets of playing the position that really that's just his Achilles heel. And until he kind of smooths that out, I think he's gonna have he's gonna have some issues. But young quarterback with all kinds of talent and those guys stick around in the league for a long time and they eventually get their shot. Find Geno Smith. You know, Geno was kind of the same way. You know, he's really good at West Virginia, but there are always kind of those moments like, ah, I don't know what Geno's thinking on this throw. You know, he sits, learns, matures, and before you know it, he goes up to Seattle, and he's been in the Pro Bowl the last couple of years, doing a good job for the Seattle Seahawks. Maybe that's the guy that Spencer Rattler can be, you know, has to get his feet wet, kind of learns and matures, learns the system, gets good in that system, understands it, and then starts to hit his stride I think there's some potential there. I just think it's going to be down the road when he can get to a point where he can mature in an offense that he feels comfortable with.
2: What were the conversations in Mobile about like guys like Penix and Bo Nix who are older guys that, that had the extra year and, and have played so much college football? Is there, is there some level of doubt in terms of you know, what their success was all about in college and, and maybe some of that being the, their length of time in college and the age?
1: No, I don't know if the, the, the age thing came up this week in, in Mobile. I think it was more, boy, they, they're they not performing well. Let, and Penix, I thought, was up and down. You know, Penix would make some throws, and you're like, whoa, okay. Um, Bo did not have a good week. The first two days in particular, I'm like, man, wow. This does not look this does not look like the Bonex I saw at Oregon. Were, he was not comfortable. He was kind of jittery in the pocket, and it just wasn't clean. Now, that happens when you've got receivers and you don't know what the depth of the route is going to be. If that guy, you trust them to run the right route. Um, you know, you're an all-star game setting. So, I don't, I'm not going to knock them for that. I don't think the age thing is a massive deal, especially for quarterbacks. Now, if you're talking about running back, running backs 24, you know, a little bit aged coming in, yeah, that's going to be an issue. Wide receivers, you worry about that a little bit. Quarterbacks, I don't know, not so much. And there was not, I didn't think, too much talk about that. I just think a lot of people kind of had raised eyebrows like, I thought this was going to be better than it really turned out to be the three days they practiced in Mobile.
0: John, I do have to ask about Andrew Rame, uh, who's one of the other uh, local kids here that's just from uh, not that far from where the studio's at in a uh, suburb called Broken Arrow. Uh, your thoughts on him and then one other one, the uh, another Thoughts
2: outside of the Tavandre Sweat Rep, Outside
0: of the Tavondre uh, sweat, out, rep, right? of the sweat Rep. And then also on Chris Paul, whose brother played here, it's also who's a Washington commander right now. Love to hear some of your, uh, your opinions on what you witnessed from those this week.
1: Well, I think... I think Rame's got a future in the league. I, I don't know that he's a starter right away. Obviously, listen, Tavondre Sweat, Sweat's got a long memory, um, a very long memory, as in 24 hours' worth, because the rep after he went against Rame, he went up against Bo Limmer from Arkansas, and Limmer kicked his you-know-what. The next day they came back and – Sweat, bull rush Limmer, and Limmer's trying to hold on, and Sweat's like, nope. And I, I, I swear to you, I thought he broke him in half because I saw, I saw his knees go up in the air and his helmet hit back, and I thought, oh. Then there was kind of this gasp, like, oh, my God. Um, and then when everybody saw Limmer get up, they are like, oh, okay. And then they were like, whoa, did you see what Sweat just did? So Sweat, Sweat's got that. My cop for Sweat is going to be Albert Hainsworth because Sweat does it when he wants to. And when he wants to... He can be, as as a rookie, he could be a two-down stud against the run if he wants to. It's just a matter of is he going to get his body right? Is he going to get in shape? I mean, he went to the senior bowl and he walked by the scale and said, nope. Like, what does that tell you? It tells you, it tells you that guy, like, he did not. he did not weigh in. He just said, no, not doing it. Um, he walked right by it. I saw Ed Oliver do that at Pro Day uh, as well. I thought, okay. Um, he just walked right past the scale and right past the, 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 me, the height measuring device. He's just like, no, nah, I'm good. Six foot two nine. You just write it down. I'm good. <laughs> and, well, Ed Oliver's been that guy. So that's what Tavondre Sweat did. Rame, I think, is – I think he's a center, only a center. But that's not a bad thing. I think he's got more – pop. like we drafted Jarrett Patterson last year from Notre Dame. I think Reim is a more physical guy than Jared Patterson is. And Patterson did some good things for us. So I think Reim's got an opportunity to get drafted on day three. Um, Patrick Paul, who at the University of Houston, you know, it's interesting. University of Houston, I've seen him play I don't know how many times. Yep. And I've seen him play live I don't know how many times. Um, and there were times that I would watch him on film last year. Cause, you know, people started talking about him. And I, I had noticed him like two or three years ago. I was at a pro day. And he at Houston's Pro Day, and he happened to be there. And I just went, God dang, who are you? Uh, and then it said Paul on the back of his T-shirt. And i was like, okay, Patrick Paul. So I do a little bit, okay. He's Chris's brother. Okay. Um, there's some pedigree there, some DNA. All right, let's keep an eye on this guy. But he was long and gawky and awkward. I was like, all right, we'll, we'll see. And I watched him last year. He goes against Tyree Wilson, who went number seven in the Raiders in the draft. And he just stones Tyree all game long. I'm like, wow, okay. But then you see him against other guys that are just giving him issue. And he's bending over and he's getting beat, you know, because he's lunging. And I'm like, man, what is going on? I realized, you know, he's a tall, he's seven. So against guys that are six seven, he was doing great. And it kind of, it was kind of this way at the ball the first day. Uh, he went against, I can't remember who it was, but this guy like six five, six six, held his own. Then he went against a guy that was like six three, and he's like ducking his head, trying to get down to that guy's level, and he was just getting beat. The next two days, he put on a show. The last, you know, day two, day three, he was on it. His technique was good. He played from a good balanced position. I think he's going to go top 50. Um, I think he can stay at left tackle, but there might be some that move him over to right, and that's fine. I think either way, he's going to be in the league for a while. I do think his functional strength's got to get a little bit better, but I do think that Patrick Paul is going to end up being a really solid draft pick for somebody in the second round for sure.
0: John, I appreciate all the time, man. What what I love about um, doing what I do on the weekends is when these some of these guys go to the Senior Bowl, and I'd love reading your write up about them. And I was just kind of chuckling at uh, some of your notes about uh, Jaquan Jackson, the wide receiver out of out of Tulane. I, be- I guarantee you, dude, I can go back to my notes and probably see uh, next to n- uh, number four, there's probably yeah. like a wow or something that one of the coaches told me about from the time that Tulsa played them. And I remember a yeah. couple of plays that he made because there were some jaw-dropping moments that you are like, all right, I kind of get it with that kid of what the coaches were telling me about.
1: You know, JP, it's interesting you say that because, you know, you go to Mobile, and I've seen, I've seen almost every one of these guys. But there's some guys that you haven't paid a ton of attention to. And Jaquan had not played, I think, three of the last four games, I think it was. That's right. So he's kind of off my, he's kind of off my radar screen. Just, you know, is he injured, like, what's the deal? So I'm not really paying too much attention. I'm wondering, man, who's the terrain kid? Because he's cooking everybody. Like, he is roasting everybody. When he's in the slot, there's nobody that can cover him. I mean, he is just losing guys. And I thought, okay. And that's what happens at, at these All-Star games some of these guys that maybe you don't know, I mean, the scouts have seen him play the scouts, the scouts know, but some of us that don't get a chance to see them every single week, you know, we, we get a, we get to see him there at Mobile. I'm like, whoa, okay. Wow. You know, Cooper cup was that way for me about five, six years ago. Uh, whenever Cooper was at the senior bowl, it's funny. Cause I'd watch him in Eastern Washington. I thought he was good, but you know, it's Eastern Washington. It's, you know, it's, it's FCS. Is you know, is he good? Well, the first day, everybody was kind of fighting to go against this skinny you know, blonde-haired, you know, looking, you know, surfer-looking guy. And by day two, none of the DBs wanted to step up against him. Cup was just destroying all of them. That's really the way that Jackson was doing it, you know, uh, from Tulane. He was doing that to everybody. If he gets in a position where a team uses a slot, like New England likes to use that slot, you know, they drafted DeMario Douglas. There are going to be some teams that love to use that slot a little bit more than others. But if some teams want to use that slot, like the Colts, they use that slot a lot with Josh Downs. If you get a guy like Jaquan Jackson? That guy is going to set it off. I mean, he is explosive. I, and you saw it, um, Jeremy. You, you know I was able to see it up close. And that's the cool thing is you see these guys, you know, from all over the place that step up and have a good day or have a, you know, tremendous day. Like Puka Nakua. This is killing everybody. And I had known about Nakua because of his brother's. So I knew about Nakua, but I hadn't watched him a ton. And I'm like, man, he's good. And then he's gone for two days. The next thing we know, he's nearly an all-pro receiver at the Rams as a rookie. You know, so That's one of the cool things about going to Mobile is you get those opportunities as well.
0: There is no doubt. Uh, go to HoustonTexans.com right now. You can click on the News tab, and that's where you'll find the Harris hits. It's all John's observations there from the Senior Bowl. John, dude, I appreciate you, man, so much for jumping on with us here in Tulsa. Great stuff as always, and uh, we'll be in touch again soon, man, and I uh, hope you have a great rest of your day and weekend.
1: Absolutely. I uh, appreciate you, boys. Thank you very much, and go Niners.
0: That's my man right there with the shout-out right as he's headed out the door. That is the great John Harris joining us here on the Blitz 1170 from the Houston Texans. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back with more next year on the Blitz, live from the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studios, where we are directly across the street from downtown Guthrie Green, and uh, we'll be back after this time out here on the Blitz 1170.